What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good evening. Welcome. I am back. It's Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's evening news on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. The rain is south of the city now. If you're headed down 75, just north of Locust Grove, between McDonough and Locust Grove on 75, you've got heavy rain. Otherwise, you are in the clear now in the listening area. Um, if I, I'm sorry, I'm a scatterbrain today. The phone number here is 404-872-0750-1800 WSB talk. I, I have been on a father son trip. Those of you who keep up with me on Instagram at EW Erickson saw it, uh, Friday through yesterday, took the boy to the white house yesterday, got to hang out in the vice president's office. They let him climb on the furniture. It was a lot of fun. We'll get to that maybe eventually, but we got to talk about the Erica Thomas situation that broke while I was gone. This is one of those things where, I, I really wanted to go to the, to the Cox studio yesterday, I, and I can hear the pig farmer nodding along right now. Yes, you should have. Um, this Erica Thomas story broke over the weekend, and I was gone and, and couldn't be here until today to talk to you about it. And she's a liar. She needs to resign. First of all, we should be outraged at the fact that a member of our state legislature feels privileged enough to stand in the 10 items or less checkout line at the Publix uh, with a bunch of items. The only thing worse than that is the person who goes to the 10 items or less line with coupons and a checkbook. I mean, you should no longer be allowed to use coupons and checkbooks at grocery stores. It slows everybody else down. Now, I realize we should make an exception. If you're 90 years old and older because you don't know any better, you're geriatric and and you can't teach old dog new tricks. But for the life of me, I don't understand the 40-year-old person, always a woman who goes to the grocery store with her checkbook and a binder full of coupons. And then holds up everybody else inconveniently and then swears that she had a coupon for something else and then swears that the coupon that is clearly expired really isn't expired and they should have to take it. I There is a, a, a special uh, coupon holders or pet peeves. And then this woman. Okay, I will admit, confess my sin. I have had 11 items before in the 10 item checkout line, but two of them were the same thing. I am very religious about trying never to do that uh, because there is a reason there is a 10 item or less line and it is for people who are in a hurry for her to be in the checkout line with as many items as she had. uh, Of course, somebody was going to say something to her. Now, let's concede the point here. Let's concede the guy who harassed Erica Thomas was a jerk. He was a biblical donkey, if you know what I mean. Uh, He should not have done that. He was rude, and he admits he was rude. At least he admits he was rude. He should apologize for being rude to Erica Thomas. But it's pretty clear the guy did not do what she said, and all she had to do was track him down on Facebook, and she could have figured that out. The guy is a Democrat who, on his personal private Facebook page, was railing against the President of the United States for telling those four Suicide Squad members in Congress to go back to where they came from. He was opposed and offended to it because he is an immigrant to this country. So it would make no sense for him to have done what Erica Thomas claimed he had done to begin with. Now, by the way, I'm, I'm not I don't want to embarrass the person who called, but I assume they're listening Uh, There is another story out that Erica Thomas did the exact same thing this weekend at a Chick-fil-A that someone told her my pleasure and she misheard them and thought that they also were saying, uh, go back to where you came from. That is, the Babylon Bee is a Christian humor site. Uh, It's not legitimate news. Somebody left me a voicemail saying that this is the second time she had done this. Uh, He read in the Babylon Bee she had also done it at Chick-fil-A. Uh, yes, I read that same story too. The Babylon Bee is like the onion, but for Christians, it is a, a parody humor website. So so that's not true. Uh, what is true, though, is that she lied. Uh, and we know she lied from her own words that she lied. And, and she is inflaming racial tensions. Let's go to the interview with our own WSB-TV. 
He said, he said, go back, you know, those types of words. I don't want to say, he, he said, go back to your country or go back to where he came from. But he was making those types of references is what I remember. Oh, oh so, so, so that's what she remembers now. He, she doesn't want to say that he actually said go back or go back to where you came from. It was just that sort of stuff. Well, what is that sort of stuff? Well, it, it was racial stuff. It, it, it was mean, nasty, Donald Trump-like stuff is, is what she's getting at. Again, this is this is Erica Thomas in her own words. First, she says he said to, that I need to go back where I came from. And then she said this. He said, he said, go back, you know, those types of words. I don't want to say he, he said, go back to your country or go back to where he came from. But he was making those types of references is what I remember. <laughs> what I remember. Nobody else remembers. You know, she came up with a bunch of, of witnesses. She has a lawyer who demanded that they all remember stuff. The AJC has actually talked to witnesses uh, that Erica Thomas herself designated as witnesses. They didn't hear him say it. They did not hear him say it. One of them was an employee of Publix who was there and said, I'm, I'm not going to say that he, he said it, but I didn't hear him say it. Here's what's going on with Erica Thomas now is uh, she got well ahead of this than she should have. She tripped over it. She tried to walk it back and it's too late now. He's going to sue her. So now she's got to double down and try to intimidate people into backing her up. Because what, what, what happens to the poor schlub from Publix who doesn't back her up? Well, that person is going to get accused of racism as well. Publix is going to get sued for this. I mean, she's going to go after all of them. Y'all, this isn't helpful. It's not good. And this is the Covington High School story, Covington Catholic High School story all over again, where the media rushed out with a story of someone behaving badly. The only thing was this guy wasn't wearing a MAGA cap. But the media immediately assumed he was a Trump supporter. Turns out he's a card-carrying member of the Democratic Party who has assailed Donald Trump for telling immigrants to go back to where they came from. What the story is actually about is that you have a woman from the state legislature who was in the 10 items or less checkout line who had a grocery bag full of groceries, and the man was offended that a member of the state legislature would stand in the 10 items or less line looking to be checked out. And her defense is that she's she's nine months pregnant, about to have a baby, and she was trying to speed things along. She didn't want to wait. But she decided to blow this up. She decided to make this into a story. She decided to run to the media, and she didn't have her facts right. She, she exaggerated the story. I guess her defense will be that she's nine months pregnant. She's emotional. She's in nesting mode something. I don't know. Uh, she'll come up with some sort of defense. Uh, and But there's no defense here. She lied. She had a second interview after her claims. The media got wind of it. It turned into a national story. She wanted it to be a national story, apparently, but then realized that there could be a liability issue for her because this was private citizen doing this to her elected official. And now she had to try to walk it back. Well, I'm sure the lawyers went to her and said, look, there's no reason for you to walk this back. Now, he's going to sue you. He's got a libel case against you now. You might as well double down and try to scare the dickens out of all the witnesses and to say, and yes, yes, he said it. He said it. Well, Publix, of course, has the videotape. I guarantee you the videotape is going to show that what happened didn't really happen. What she claims happened didn't happen. The damage is done. Much like with the Covington Catholic High School story. The media ran for multiple days with that story, tarring and feathering a group of kids, defaming them, slandering them, all because of Donald Trump. And the same thing is happening here. Erica Thomas knew the environment into which she would make these claims and try to martyr herself in some way. She knew that she could go out to the media, say that some man did this to her, and the media would believe her. What she did not count on is that this man would show up at the press conference and answer the media's questions, and she would have to try to shout him down so that he could not answer the media's questions. She wasn't expecting that, and that's what happened. Made her look like a fool. But the media ran with the story for multiple days. How many people in America are going to hear the retraction? How many people in America are going to hear that she walked it back. I mean, this is this is the Jussie Smollett situation all over again. She makes a claim. The media amplifies the claim. The media says it's all because of Donald Trump. It's these racists run amok because of Donald Trump. They, they inflame the racial tensions because of it. They do it, not Donald Trump. The, the media does it. And then it turns out there's no there there. 
And the media quietly walks away from the story. They never clarify. They never give as much attention to the walkback. They never give as much attention to to the change as they did to the original story. You know, so I made a lot of people mad on Monday because of something I did. I may not have been around, but I was I did do one tweet on Monday and it made a lot of people mad. Monday was the eighth day after Donald Trump tweeted his tweet from last Sunday about they can go back or whatever. It was eight days later. And I tweeted out a picture of the front page of the New York Times from seven days later and eight days later. Both days had stories. No, 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 I'm sorry. I only did the the one, the, the eighth day. That paper still was covering Donald Trump's tweet from a week ago. I also tweeted out the front page of the New York Times from the same amount of time after James Hodgkinson's mass assassination attempt on Republican members of Congress. You will not be surprised to learn that there was no coverage of James Hodgkinson's mass assassination attempt a week after he attempted the assassination of multiple members of Congress. And yet a week after the president's tweet, the media is still covering it because the media is determined to paint Donald Trump as a racist. The media is determined to turn everything into a race issue. And Erica Thomas is smart enough to know that, that if she could come out with an incendiary racial claim about what happened to her at a grocery store and run to TV cameras, the media would treat her sympathetically and will never walk it back now that she's walked it back. They'll never give the walk back as much coverage. But you can hear her in her own words. WSB-TV got her on camera. They, They didn't provoke her. She just said it. And she herself is the one who walked Watered down her own original statement. He said, "He said go back, you know, those types of words. I don't want to say, he, he said, go back to your country or go back to where he came from, but he was making those types of references. Those types of I references. I don't want to say he said that, but he was making those types of references. You know what I mean, media. Oh, yeah, they knew exactly what she meant. They were happy to amplify the story nationally. It was all over the national news. And yet, it didn't actually happen. I was in Washington, D.C. this past week for a father-son trip, and we use the call map a lot. Uh, and the reason we use the call map is because while in New York we were on very high floor, you can hear sirens at all hours of the night. And I'm with my 10-year-old, and he needs to sleep. I've got a little bit of work to do. And then we went to Washington, and of course, you're, well, we were on the 10th floor. Uh, we were near the White House, so you could hear everything all night. So we use the call map. Now, what is the call map? Well, the call map, it lulls you to sleep. It either plays music or sounds or even reads you bedtime stories where you can just drift off to sleep. They've got great soundscapes. They've got over 100 sleep stories narrated by very soothing voices. My kids love it. My whole family uses the app. If you're looking for a way to kind of unplug your brain at night and drift off to sleep, try the call map. Right now, my listeners get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Eric. That's calm.com slash Eric. Eric, 40 million people have downloaded Calm. Find out why at calm.com slash Eric. It really is worthwhile as someone who grew up listening to music at night uh, and now having my kids need sound to help them go to sleep. We're not going to leave a TV on. We got the Calm app. My son listens to sounds. My daughter listens to stories. And when we travel together, my son and I typically will listen to classical music. It's all available in the Calm app. So check it out now by going to calm.com slash Eric. Cobb County Police announcing they will not pursue charges against the individual who Eric Thomas thinks should be thrown in jail for having the audacity to call her out. For being in the the ten items less check line, and y'all, a, a a point so profound, I'm really upset with myself that I didn't come up with it. My buddy Phil did, pointed this out to me. You know, so so Erica Thomas's claim is that she's pregnant, about to give birth. She needed to be in the ten items or less line so she could get out of the grocery store. She could get off her feet. Y'all, she stood up for all these press conferences a whole lot longer. Then, I mean, as long as she did for all these press conferences, including the one where the guy showed up, she's on her feet the whole time yelling at him. She couldn't go to the regular checkout line. I mean, she kind of disproves her own point by standing for all these press conferences that she needed to be off her feet. Well, why wasn't she sitting at all the press conferences? I mean, again, again. Let's concede the fact that the guy was, he even admits uh, he was rude to her. He called her a lazy, I think he called her a lazy SOB. 
and his point was that she, by the way, uh, you should know a, a couple people have sent me pictures at Publix uh, from a Publix with a little sign they've now got at the 10 items or less line that says this is for 10 items or less, this line. Public's having to do that because apparently Eric Thomas can't read. Well, at least she can't read the overhead sign. She's trying to take advantage of the system because she's an entitled self uh, entitled state legislator. It has nothing to do with a race. His comments were not racial. He was commenting on someone using the 10 items or less line uh, with way more than 10 items. It was rude of her. It was rude of him. There really aren't any good people in the story, but now she's made him the victim by lying about what he said and now opening herself up to a lawsuit for libel, for slander. And he's probably going to sue her. And by the way, uh, she says she wants the magistrate's court now to pursue an investigation. So she wants to tie up police and judicial resources to investigate someone for saying something that she now says that he didn't actually say, but she wants the police. So she wants to tie up police resources. She wants to slander and defame someone for attention. She wants to use the 10 items or less checkout line as her personal line at the grocery store. Uh, This is an entitled legislator. She should resign. She should resign. From the state legislature, David Clark, who also wants the speaker to resign. He at least David Clark is being consistent. David Clark of the state house says she should resign. He's right. She should resign for lying and for using 10 items or less for more than that. You know, let me just add one more angle on this Erica Thomas thing. Uh, she's not just a, a run-of-the-mill state legislator. She's a, a ranking member within the Democratic caucus in the House of Representatives, and the Democrats have a are down by 15 seats in the House of Representatives. What do you think it's going to do to the, the feel-good white folks in the suburbs of Cobb and Gwinnett who the Democrats need? The Democrats don't need black voters to take the House of Representatives. They need suburban, white, moderately Republican voters. What do you think they're going to look at when they see a ranking Democrat in the House of Representatives accusing a Democrat from Cobb County of racism, making up stories about what he did to her all because he was white. She saw a white guy or what she presumed to be a white guy, he's Hispanic, and immediately presumed he was racist. By the way, what about the Hispanic voters, Georgia? Brian Kemp got 40% of them. What are they going to do? Do they really want to help Democrats get in power in the state legislature? when they're immediately going to be accused of racism by ranking Democrats. Uh, If they dare to call a Democrat to account for having 50 items, 20 items, whatever it was in the 10 items or less at the Publix, the entitlement of the Democratic Party captured right there a ranking member of the House Democrats abusing the services of the local grocery store and the 10 items or less line gets called out by someone and that person for trying to hold her accountable is deemed a racist. Do you really think the suburban white folks who really want to keep racial harmony really, really don't like Trump, really don't like him stirring up racial sentiment? Do you really think they're going to find her making up a claim? Do you really think they're going to like that? Do you really think they're going to want to put these people in power in Georgia? I mean, as much as I think David Ralston's scandal hurts Republicans, it's stuff like this that's going to cost Democrats any chance of trying to get into the majority in Atlanta. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not making that up. No, I, I actually am being serious here. I, I genuinely believe that when you have ranking Democratic members of the state legislature falsely accusing people of racism so that they can get some level of fame. By the way, you know how you can tell that this is made up? Where's Stacey Abrams? If, if this was legit, Stacey Abrams would be all over this. Kasim Reed, Keisha Lance Bottom, Stacey Avery, they would be all over this. Where they don't even want to be in the same area code with Erica Thomas right now. They've gone into the witness protection program. 
They don't want to be seen anywhere. That's how you can tell this is all made up. So you can tell she made it up. They, they know who this person is. They don't want to be anywhere near this. She has hurt the Democrats in the very areas they need to win by falsely accusing someone of racism. You know, there's legitimate racism in the world. And I have genuine concerns about some Republicans uh, feeding into the uh, racial animosity in this country. Uh, but let's not deny that Democrats try to feed into racial animosity in this country as well. Democrats do this as well. The media is complicit in helping them do this. And here is the media, was the media, until Erica Thomas put her foot in her mouth and walked her story back, now saying she didn't. They were willing to amplify the story, and that's not going to help the Democrats. Is not going to help the Democrats. You know, and this progressive drift isn't going to help them either. So there is a terrible story out of Athens, Georgia. It is a woman, you've probably heard this in the news, a woman in Athens, Georgia, pregnant, uh, shot and killed. And it's just stories like this upset me so much. I, I have a, a friend of mine who he was mauled or he not him uh his son he has a toddler was mauled by his in-laws dog and has been in was in surgery all day yesterday just things with with babies and toddlers and it just pregnant moms they just they make me sad and here comes the story of a pregnant mother in athens um just so sad she was shot and killed while holding her three-year-old's hand, she's pregnant. It's just, wow. It, it is so sad. Four months pregnant. Lived at the apartment complex where she was. The, the unborn baby did not survive. The three-year-old, thankfully, was unharmed. It's just so sad. Well, this is where Democrats' political ideology and progressive drift begins to hurt them with voters. It's not just racism and Erica Thomas screaming things. So Theresa Tomlinson is the former mayor of Columbus. She was a Republican turned Democrat. She was casting herself as the reasonable Democrat until Ted Terry of Clarkson got in, uh, who has oohed and odd progressive audiences. So Theresa Tomlinson is trying to run as quickly to the far left as she can. Uh, she will not let Ted Terry out progressive her. Teresa Tomlinson has now released a, a policy paper. Uh, she did it yesterday. And she says women's reproductive freedom is one of her top priorities, and she rejects the notion that a pregnancy creates an independent person under the law. Indeed, a woman is the sole fiduciary of her duty and any pregnancy she carries. So, in other words, according to Teresa Tomlinson, she does not think that the man who killed this lady and her baby should be charged with two deaths. That he should only be charged with one. So, uh, weak on crime. She doesn't think that... It, so, this is a woman who inarguably was pregnant, had an independent human body in her... Well, dependent human body, but you get my point. A, a, an unborn child, even the news media calls it an unborn child. It's actually fascinating to see the, the, the news media isn't referring to it as a fetus, but as an unborn child, four-month-old, in the woman's stomach. The woman is shot and killed. The baby is killed as well. And in Teresa Tomlinson's rush to get to the far left, she's taking a position that the, the murderer should only be charged with one murder, that, that he, he murdered one person and that's it. Do you really think that's going to go over well with people? So let, let's let's review where the Democrats are this week in Georgia. Um, a murderer who kills two people can only be charged with one because the other other life can't be considered a life. So okay, great great crime issue there for the Democrats. Uh, you have a ranking Democrat in the state legislature accusing a Hispanic man of racism for telling her she shouldn't be, in very blunt and vulgar terms, that she shouldn't be shopping in the 10 items or less line when she's got a bunch of items. Uh, so he gets accused of racism. This this is not a good week for Democrats in Georgia. Uh, Teresa Thomason running as far left as she can now on the abortion issue, uh, is it's not a good look for her. And by the way, I, I my sense from talking to a number of Democrats is they don't really believe her pivots here. 
that this seems too opportunistic because she's never been this progressive and suddenly she's rushing to be this progressive and, and the rush to be that progressive has now boxed her in on a position where we now have a real world issue of where the the, the criminal would be down a charge when they could be maximally charged with two deaths. Uh, he can't be charged now with the second death because Theresa Tomlinson doesn't believe that a child who is killed by a murderer is a child if the child is still in utero. It's, it's fascinating to watch what's happening with the progressive drift of the Democratic Party. You can now understand why there is the story in the New York Times over the weekend that's been getting a lot of buzz that electorally Donald Trump is actually looking very good for re-election because as much as people in very liberal states like uh, Illinois, well, Chicago, Illinois itself is very conservative, but the Chicago area, in New York, in California, um, in, I mean, you pick the super liberal state, uh, Washington State, Oregon, California, New York, while liberals may be doing very well there and they may hate Donald Trump nationally, electorally, in the swing districts and swing states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, Arizona now, even Colorado, places like uh, North Carolina, the progressivism of the Democrats is beginning to turn people off, that they've gone too far left. And though these people, and this is a very big key key factor here, the swing voters don't like Donald Trump. They don't like him. The data shows they don't like him. But they know what they're getting with him and policy-wise, they're okay with it because they're benefiting from a sound economy. And they intuitively know that from race baiting to uh, extremism on abortion to extremist socialist positions, the Democrats would go too far too quickly in a direction that the average swing voter doesn't want to go. And so they would rather vote for Trump, even though they don't like him personally, because they're actually okay with the job he's doing overall and that his administration's turning out. You can see the problem for the Democrats. Oh, and by the way, this data also suggests that Georgia is not going to be as swingy as Democrats once thought, which is bad news for people like Teresa Tomlinson and Erica Thomas uh, trying to drag the state as far left as they possibly can. Folks, when you're traveling abroad the summer, when you're going on family trips around the country, well, you're probably missing a secure way to get online. That's where ExpressVPN comes in. ExpressVPN is a VPN service that doesn't just encrypt your data while you surf the internet on public airports or hotel Wi-Fis. It lets you stream and access content that would normally be blocked in the country you may be going to. If you're abroad with ExpressVPN, you can unblock all your favorite websites and have access to the internet just like you would if you were in the United States. ExpressVPN runs in the background of your computer or phone. And then when you use the internet, you just use it like you normally would. You download the app, click connect, voila, you're protected. I don't go online if I'm traveling abroad without ExpressVPN because the security is so good. It's the fastest VPN I have tried. It costs less than $7 a month. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. ExpressVPN uses cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there are no logs of what you do online. So it's private. It allows you to go overseas and not be hassled and give up your privacy. It allows you to be in a coffee shop using public Wi-Fi and not have your stuff stolen. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. Hello there. Yes, Bob Mueller is going to testify tomorrow. I'm going to be on radio all day, it seems, tomorrow. All of us here at WSB, Chris Chandler, me, Eric Von Hessler, uh, Scott Slate, a lot of us will be uh, giving you play-by-play, advanced look, what we anticipate, all of that tomorrow. You'll want to stick around for that. And I want to talk a little bit about Bob Mueller when we come back, moving to national stuff and this debt deal. It is a horrible, horrible deal. We'll get to it. But right now, Anne in Atlanta, welcome to the program. Hi, uh, Eric. I, I just need your help. I'm just trying to ensure that I, I have the Democratic stance correct. Um, as far as they're concerned, I can no longer say we're pregnant because actually it's just me that's pregnant and the man had nothing to do with it. And I can't have a baby shower or anything because actually it's not a human that I'm talking about. It's just a fetus. So there's no point in trying to name it or anything like that. And just give up all, all sense of the strong woman uh, because I'm pregnant, even though 
my ancestors picked cotton when they were pregnant up until the time they dropped the baby. Am, am, am I confused? Well, listen, I, I think you missed a key part of it. Is The other reason you can't have a baby shower now is because you have to let the baby be born so that he or she can decide whether they're going to be a he or a she. You're not allowed to, to let God pick that either these days. It's just pathetic. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, wsb talk I am glad to be back. Um, it was a great time with my son in New York and Washington, Father son, our first solo father-son trip. Uh, we had a great time, uh, very, very gracious host at the White House. Uh, he was just grinning ear to ear being able to walk through the White House and the Prime Minister of Pakistan was there so we couldn't go everywhere but it, it was just it was a lot of fun uh, I'm glad we came back today because uh, I did not want to be up there in the zoo tomorrow of the Mueller hearing I, I want a brief word on the Mueller hearing just let, let me give you this before we go to the audio the Democrats I think with President Trump are making the same mistake that the uh, Republicans made against Barack Obama in the 2011-2012 period. They're looking for a single silver bullet to take out the Trump presidency. First, it was the Mueller investigation. Then it was the the, the Trump um, uh, emoluments clause with the Trump Hotel. Then it was the, the Southern District of New York. Uh, on and on it goes. They're looking for one thing. Now it's the race card. Uh, everything Trump does is racist. Um, so it, it's the total. Im- it's just they're trying to find one thing, that one thing to take out Donald Trump here, for example, this federal prosecutors in New York today ending their investigation into the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. The end of that investigation likely means no additional charges will be filed against anyone, including the president. This is where it ends for this president. Many legal analysts have said that the Manhattan office of the Justice Department, the Southern District of New York, poses the real threat to the president. He's not out of legal hot water. There are a number of investigations. Southern District of New York, we're looking into the Trump organization. Is there something there? If a prosecutor is looking at everything you ever did, probably not. Could Trump be in trouble? You can see sort of the dominoes falling. And as far as that 10 years in the Trump organization, that is where all the bodies are buried. The Southern District of New York might offer more trouble to Trump in the Trump orbit than even the special counsel's investigation. If they come out with some stuff, he is done. Forget Mueller. Forget about Mueller. Russia collusion, whatever. What's happening in the Southern District of New York is an existential crisis. The Southern District poses an existential threat. An existential threat. An existential threat. A greater existential threat. I think Trump um, should be really nervous. He's in big trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. is basically saying in the Southern District of New York, you're screwed. But is the Southern <laughs> District investigation poses a real threat. A real threat. A bigger threat. The greatest threat. The, the real threat. The greatest threat. More of a threat. Deep threat. To An existential threat not only to his presidency. I do think that's where the, uh, the trouble lies. Very much under threat of being destroyed, demolished, and becoming a criminal liability. You either see an indictment of executives at the company or of the organization itself. Don Jr. is at the top of the family list um, as someone who is totally exposed criminally. It's going to get to his children. It's going to get to other people in that organization. Not just for the president, but for Ivanka, for Don Jr. And people are going to start flipping, I think, that Trump never thought would flip before. What is going to put him in jail eventually, what is going to destroy everything he's ever built and his children, is a 30-year dishonest criminal enterprise one thing will take him out of the presidency the other thing will ruin him forever yeah not so much there are no charges yet again another silver bullet the democrats designed to get rid of donald trump so now that the southern district of new york is gone 
they're having to come back to Bob Mueller, hoping against hope that he will be their Obi-Wan, that he will help them because no one else can. Uh, they better not get their hopes up. So here's what I'm getting at with this. The, the Democrats now feel compelled. They want to build a foundation for impeachment against the president. And because they want to build a foundation for impeachment against the president, they've got to bring Bob Mueller in. But we already know what Bob Mueller is going to say. So the Democrats are going to focus on some things in the report that if you just listen to a lot of conservative talk radio, they are they, they've missed, they've downplayed, they've willfully neglected to tell you about uh, some of the dirty dealings within the Trump campaign. There very clearly were people within the Trump campaign who did have ties. One of the things you're going to get people like Louis Gohmert and, and other Republicans playing up is the Christopher Steele dossier, uh, because we do now know that Mike Isikoff from Yahoo News and others, uh, a lot of their sourcing, uh, claiming to be the um, claiming to be the foundation by which certain subpoenas were were received to go after Mike Flynn, George Papadopoulos, and others. Turns out that they actually had come from the Steele dossier. And some of the investigation came in that direction. But now if you actually read the Mueller report, what you will find is that the Steele dossier wasn't the only basis for those. The the Mike Isikoff reporting and other reporting wasn't the only basis. By the way, it is actually kind of funny to me that Mike Isikoff plays a role here, understated role this time, because his was the original reporting that led to the Ken Starr investigation against Bill Clinton back in the 90s. Uh, people leaking to him stuff about Monica Lewinsky. Um, nonetheless, uh, so the Democrats are going to try to focus on the some of the dealings that some people around Trump had with Russians. The Republicans are going to focus on the fact that the Steele dossier was mostly bogus. What Bob Mueller is going to focus on is just the facts. And the facts are, he concluded in his own words, that there is no there there when it comes to Trump and the Russians. Uh, so yesterday, it was very, very sweet of her to do. Uh, my 10-year-old, Gunnar, and I, we hung out at the White House. Uh, we had to go over to the old executive office building most of the time because the prime minister of Pakistan was there, so security didn't want us loitering around the Rose Garden. Uh, but we were able to walk past the Rose Garden, the Situation Room, go past the Oval Office, um, head over to the vice president's office in the old executive office building. And I texted Kellyanne Conway, who's a longtime friend, and she came over and hung out. Uh, and she had actually just come from the press pool where she was standing outside. They were asking her about the Mueller testimony. We were laughing about it afterwards. Uh, she she telling me what she said. This is one of the things she said yesterday. The president has zero concerns except that the taxpayers are on the hook again for this fantasy that never came true for the Democrats who promised all of you and sometimes with your help that there would be criminal conspiracy and collusion. Uh, the Russians helped the Trump campaign. We welcomed, we welcomed help and it, and it turned an election where you know that's not true. Director Mueller himself has said that his report is his testimony that ought to be respected and that ought to be accepted. Yes. And it was, so one of the things she said there, if you listen to the clip, is is that the the media often help try to amplify this nonsense. And it's true. They did. We, we spent a little bit of time. Gunner, of course, he's sitting there and Kellyanne is so sweet. She's asking him about his interest in chess. He very much likes to play chess. And so she's talking to him about that. And of course, I want to talk politics with her. And we're talking about this and it gets to us having a discussion about how the media covers this stuff versus how the media covers, for example, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And she's telling me she had just pointed this out to the press that a lot of these people, they're really not objective reporters anymore. They're just so out to get the president. And thus it came that we were surprised that this aired on CNN of all places. So if they're smart about this, what they will do is they will take him through all of what the investigation did, you know, millions of documents, hundreds of witnesses interviewed 22 months a really talented staff and so kind of get him to say yes we did a good job we did a thorough job a comprehensive job and then start to ask very pointed questions and with all of that you found no evidence of conspiracy between the president and russians no evidence between the campaign and russians no evidence of any american conspiring with the russians and if you ask careful questions like that you'll get the sound bites that the republicans are looking for Exactly. That That is a CNN legal analyst on this. And that's why Nadler, Jerry Nadler, who's the chairman of the Judiciary Committee now, and the Democrats are going to have a real tough time going after Bob Mueller because 
if they do ask the probing questions, they're going to get that no Americans colluded because that's actually in the report. That is a clear, plain as day statement in the report. By the way, Doug Collins, who is the ranking Republican now, he's going to be with me at the resurgent gathering in Atlanta. I can't wait to ask him about this next week. He will be there. Um, if you want to come to the resurgent gathering, text the word Atlanta to 345345. Uh, get your ticket now because I'm about to raise the price even more as we announce our very special guest who will be coming down from Washington, D.C. on his uh, big plane and a motorcade uh, to come to the event. Uh, so text Atlanta to 345345 if you want to come. And it, Doug, Doug Collins and I, I'm sure we will be talking about this next week on stage. He and I there at the Resurgent Gathering at the Grand Hyatt in Atlanta. If you're carrying revolving debt, that means you're not paying off your card every month and you could be paying thousands in interest every year. You don't have to. With Lending Club, you can consolidate your debt or pay off your credit cards with one fixed monthly payment. Since 2007, Lending Club has helped millions of people regain control of their finances with affordable fixed-rate personal loans. There are no trips to a bank, no high-interest credit cards. Just go to LendingClub.com. Tell them about yourself, how much you want to borrow, pick the terms that are right for you, and if you're approved, your loan is automatically deposited in your bank account in as little as a few days. Lending Club is the number one peer-to-peer lending platform. There are over $35 billion in loans issued. All you do is go to LendingClub.com Eric. Check your rate in minutes and borrow up to $40,000. That's LendingClub.com Eric. LendingClub.com Eric. All loans made by WebBank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. And again, you can go to LendingClub.com slash Eric and check them out for yourself. Glenn and Lilburn, you're next on Atlanta's Evening News. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. I think what we need to do is consider Thursday of this week the National Democratic Day of Tears. Because after Mueller can't say anything different, the Democrats are going to say, well, he was told he couldn't say anything different from Barr, and they're going to continue to cry. And all you're going to hear is the tears. Yeah, listen, I'm, I don't know how this ends well for the Democrats uh, because— I can't see it possibly ending well. No, I mean, there, there are one or two scenarios. Either Mueller totally discredits the idea that the Russians stole the election or for Donald Trump, which is what his report actually says, and the Democrats right. make that clear— or he provides them enough that Nancy Pelosi is going to have to cave on the impeachment stuff, and suddenly the Democrats are going to have to have an internal civil war over whether or not to impeach the president. Neither way yeah, I, ends good. I just think it's going to be real interesting to see what all of the mainstream news media does Thursday, because I think that's going to be the day that you're going to see them grasping at straws. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there with you on this. And it seems like the media moved so quickly to the Southern District of New York because they decided there was no there there. And now suddenly they're mo- moving back to Mueller and they're really hoping. Listen, the media loves Jerry Nadler. Remember how Jerry Nadler called Hope Hicks, uh, Hope Lewandowski and major members of the media rushed out to defend Nadler rushed quickly to defend. No, no, no. He's not that sort of guy. He's a he's a gentleman. Clearly, this was a slip of the tongue. Clearly, they would never give that uh, benefit to a Republican. And I I just think that we're going to have problems for the media, and it's going to be glorious to watch as the Democrats paint themselves in one of two corners, either that they completely overplayed their hand on Mueller or that now they got to do an impeachment and they're going to fight each other over that. When we come back, though, what about the Republicans and the budget deal? Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here, and we need to talk about the debt and deficit. I know it is your favorite topic. So, why are Republicans doing this? Less than a decade after the Tea Party arose because of out-of-control federal spending uh, and successfully got Barack Obama to agree to sequestration that actually gave real cuts, not cuts in growth, but actual cuts in programs in addition to cuts in growth. The Republicans are throwing in the towel on all of it, and the main reason is because they are convinced at this point there really is not a constituency to worry about sanity when it comes to finances in our government. That's a real problem because China is just salivating over the idea of forcing us into debt with China. It's a problem. And this goes back to the president when he signed the omnibus bill in 2018. The president said this. Therefore, as a matter of national security, I've signed this omnibus budget bill. There are a lot of things that I'm unhappy about in this bill. 
There are a lot of things that we shouldn't have had in this bill, but we were, in a sense, forced, if we want to build our military, we were forced to have. There are some things that we should have in the bill. But I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. It's only hours old. Some people don't even know what it is. $1.3 trillion. It's the second largest ever. And yet he's doing it again. They're going to blow up all the spending caps from sequestration. They're going to grow government. They're going to add a trillion dollars in new debt to the federal debt, which is already at $22 trillion. This is not sane fiscal policy. And the Republicans are telling themselves it's okay because Democrats wanted even more spending. This isn't good, folks. It's not good. This this contradicts the president's own prior statements on this. And, I, you know, I've got a lot of friends of mine who wish that conservatives would throw the president under the bus, blow this up, etc. Um, and they they don't want to because they also know that the president has relied on people like Steve Mnuchin and others to negotiate these deals for him. And it's just not a good thing for us as a country to have the president signing off on a deal that is actually less fiscally sound than Barack Obama's budgets. And it's all over fear of the debt ceiling. And I get the fear of the debt ceiling in Washington. I do. I I, I totally get that. But it seems like Republicans have serious leverage to negotiate yet again with the Democrats and blame the Democrats. Of course, now the media will blame the Republicans. I get that. But still, um, that we've got to be we got to be sane fiscally. It is really, really just aggravating to me to have helped elect over the last decade a number of Republicans to have flown around the country to Tea Party groups and spoken and to see the Tea Party groups fold, the Tea Party members cheer on big spending, and see these Republicans in Washington who ran on fiscal sanity, the out-of-control costs of the federal government, and the runaway costs of Obamacare bankrupting the nation, now decide to commit to bankrupting the government even faster. I mean, with friends like the Republicans in Congress, who needs the Democrats? They're spending way too much. And their only saving grace is telling themselves, well, the Democrats wanted to spend even more. That's not good. That's not sound public policy. It's bad. But, but, again, the Republicans can hide behind the Democrats, and they have some real-world evidence for that. Now, the Republicans who are signing off on this deal with the president and Nancy Pelosi— to spend as much money as they are. They, they have something they can say. They can say, at least we're not Elizabeth Warren. I want to play this clip from CNN on how CNN, which is very sympathetic to Elizabeth Warren, is talking about her economic plan she's unveiled. Two things that Warren is doing here. One, really playing off the PTSD that the country suffered post-financial crisis. And number two, she's proposing some solutions that actually might create another crisis. Now, let me explain each of those. Number one, she points to several data points that say, you know, the alarm bells should be ringing for a financial crisis. Well, one of the things that she points to is the level of corporate debt. Now, while risky loans to corporations have increased post-financial crisis, the ability for those companies to keep up with payments has also increased. So we're not seeing the kind of default rates that would be alarming at this point. Now, I'm not saying that's not a metric we should be paying attention to. All I'm saying is that Elizabeth Warren is shaping this conversation in a way that's politically convenient for her. Now, as far as her policy proposals, she is recommending lowering rents, uh, afford, uh, offering affordable child care, offering free tuition at colleges. All of that costs money, and the American public should be asking, how do you pay for it? One way would be to increase taxes. Another way is to increase government debt. This is, the, this is the issue that the American people should be actually focused on because many experts say if we don't get control of our debt over the next 10 years, we could be facing a fiscal crisis, and that would be extraordinarily harmful to our economy. 
Yes. Now, here's Ben White from Politico on CNBC. And say that what are her plans? Right. Well, she's got multiple plans. I mean, this thing sort of surprised me in that, you know, she's calling for an economic crash and it could look pretty silly if it doesn't happen over the next couple of years. And I think but that's such a loose time frame. It's a loose time frame. But she also, I think, misrepresented some of the numbers in that she's talking about, you know, household debt being at unprecedented levels. Uh, she didn't, you know, sort of qualify anything for inflation. And if you look at debt to income right now, it's actually much lower than it was before the crisis and actually doesn't look that bad. Yeah. So I think there's some exaggeration in here. Uh, and it's a you know pretty big thing to call a crash. Yeah. So she's remember. Remember back when uh, Bush and Cheney had won the election and Dick Cheney went out and said, we're actually in a recession right now. And the Democrats rushed out and said, you're talking down the economy. You're going to talk us into a recession. That's actually now what Democrats are saying about Elizabeth Warren. She's bad mouthing the economy so much and proposing so many reckless plans that she could actually help cause economic disruption doesn't help her when the Democrats themselves are turning on it. And it gives Republicans cover to be big spenders by saying, you think we spend big? Look at these guys. They're socialists. And ultimately, you know who loses? Our kids and grandkids. Because you and I, we're going to be just fine. We're, we're probably headed for a recession. We, we've been through a, a, a boom cycle for so long. We've been in a bull cycle for so long. We're probably headed to a, a bearish cycle. But what about our kids? You, you heard Ben White say that the, the debt ratio isn't as bad as it had been. That's true. We've had a very good economy here. But our kids and our grandkids are going to be the ones suffering under a massive debt load. And that's really a problem, and it's one Republicans always say they're interested in. Why does it always take Democrats in the White House and Republicans in Congress to do something about it? The last balanced budget we had was when Bill Clinton was in the White House and Republicans forced him to balance the budget. The last time we had real spending cuts were when Barack Obama was president and Republicans in the House forced him to do sequestration, which, contrary to some, actually did give real-time cuts in addition to cuts of future growth. Why is it always when Republicans are in the White House and Republicans are in Congress or Republicans are in the White House and Democrats are in Congress, no one has an appetite to rein in the federal government? We have got to rein in spending. It's not a sexy subject. It's not one people like to talk about. There is no constituency for it. The constituency is not yet born, and they will be the ones carrying the burden. Someone should stand up. The person who does, we call that person a leader. There's just not one right now on this issue. Tomorrow, Bob Mueller takes center stage in the United States Capitol uh, before the Judiciary Committee. Jerry Nadler now being the uh, being the chairman of the committee, a partisan Democrat. The media loves the guy, and he has a very, very, very tough thing to do. And that tough thing to do is he's got to undermine the president without allowing Bob Mueller to present everything in the report. Now, the reason is because Mueller says a lot of things in the report that are deeply unflattering of the president, and the particular focus will be on the obstruction of justice stuff. Uh, But there's also a lot in there after this whole narrative about the, um, this entire narrative about the Democrats or Republicans trying to work with the Russians to steal things. It's not really there. And they're going to undermine their entire case about Russia if they're not careful. 